I tell people the greatest gift you can give your kids is a holistic, healthy you. Greatest gift that you can bless your children with is that they, in holistic and healthy you, is mind, body, and spirit. Um, it is your truth. You know, you don't have to tell them your whole ugly, but they need to know who you are and who you were. Because a lot of times they're encountering that person in your behavior patterns. Empower You podcast is devoted to bringing real world wisdom and encouragement to our listeners. We discuss a multitude of life principles and the process from an economic, cultural, and societal perspective. We believe that through tough conversations and shared wisdom, we can pave the path and leave a ladder for the future. Subscribe to our channel and let us empower you. Welcome to Empower You Podcast. My name is Kibway Cooper, and I am so glad that you are here. Today, uh, we're talking about breaking cycles. Now, we all understand and have heard that term, but today we're really going to dig into it just a little bit and uh, really evaluate uh, what that means and how we apply that into our lives. And we have a tremendous guest who is taking her time to talk to us about this topic. Today, we have the executive director of Fort Wayne Girls Rock and Adams Township trustee, Danita Washington with us. Danita, how are you doing? I'm actually well. I had been a little under the weather. I got my second vaccine on um, Thursday. Was doing good. And then Friday, a train wreck hit with it. So, oh, Lord. I had a, um, yeah, a little um, side effect. Um, but I'm good. It's Sunday and I have risen. So I'm That's excited. Right. Hey. Yeah. So I'm well. <laughs> That's I'm awesome. Well. Thank you so much for, for being here. I know um, you know, it, it is a Sunday and uh, some folks do not work on Sundays. And um, I am always working almost every single day. But mm -hmm. I understand that that's a special day, a more special day for other people. And uh, I appreciate you spending it with us. Um, we're before we get into our, our conversation about breaking cycles, um, I just wanted to maybe get to know you a little bit and talk about maybe your, your backstory. Um, tell me something uh, about you that maybe we don't know. Oh, wow. Um, well, a lot of people don't know I have brothers and sisters. Um, so I do have um, uh, four living siblings. Um, one um, was murdered in 2004 here in the city, um, um, unsolved. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. A lot of people don't know that. Wow. Um, and so sometimes, you know, my passion and, and work with youth comes from which I come. Um, yeah. Some pain, some some trauma, some yeah. pressure. Um, and so, uh, but come from a great family. Um, I have two sons, adult sons, um, 32 and 30, and two amazing granddaughters that um, are the loves of my life. Um, I said, I don't know what God was thinking when he made grandchildren. Um, that's just a whole nother level of agape love. Oh, so, wow. 
Yeah, super excited. That's kind of my backdrop and, um, you know, and who I come, a mother who I am adored by and loved and a father who was is deceased, um, but was loved, you know, so that's kind of my story, you know. That's amazing. Uh, history of who I am as far as my family makeup. And so are you from originally from Fort Wayne? Absolutely. I'm from Fort Wayne, born and raised. Um, I travel the world, but I live here. I tell people that. That's kind of my slogan. I like to travel, um, but my home base has always been and probably will always be Fort Wayne. Wow. I travel the world, but I live here. That's a great way to put that. Well, because everybody wants to make Fort Wayne and Indiana such a horrible place to live. But I don't deem it that way. I think, you know, where you live is... um, you know, it's important to me and um, it's my roots, but that it, it gives me the gift of being able to go other places and see it, but still come back home. Yeah. So, yeah, I like Fort Wayne. Wow. Right. That's that's yeah. awesome. Like, I'm I'm not from Fort Wayne originally. I'm from Gary, Indiana. So mm-hmm. um, Fort Wayne is a very different environment for me. Even having Absolutely. been here for so long, I still am distinctly aware that I am not from here. From There's... <laughs> There are so many isms that y'all have that I'm like, I don't know what y'all are talking about. <laughs> mm-hmm. But well, like uh, I said, a lot of times Fort Wayne is not um, always an adored place, mm-hmm. uh, but it's a good place to raise kids and family. And um, if you know thyself, mm. you navigate. If you so. know thyself, you can navigate. Mm-hmm. That is a that's mm-hmm. a great way. You got you putting down two bars already, already. Mm-hmm. So yeah, just. <laughs> So tell us about um, uh, uh, Fort Wayne Girls Rock and um, Adams Township, uh, the Adams Township trustee position. Um, I I feel like, well, are those two entirely different services and roles that you play? And if so, how do you do both of those? They are. And then I've added a role because I'm now the newly the new um, director of programs at Fort Wayne Housing Authority. Oh, wow. So so I can talk about all of them. <laughs> Girls Rock is something that I created 11 years ago. Okay. And um, it's a not-for-profit organization um, to empower girls from the inside out, to s- learn to support positive growth and change in their community. And so that was something that was birthed from probably my childhood um, successes and issues excuse me. And, um, you know, I tell people all the time, it kind of started when um, I was Metro Youth Sports, if you've ever known anything about Mm -hmm. Metro Youth Sports, I was a cheerleader. And um, walking home from cheerleading and got chosen to be the captain. And on the way home, the girls made it clear, oh, you the captain? Well, this is what you better do. This is what you better not do. So there were some challenges with being chosen to leadership. Mm -hmm. And um, from that moment on, I kind of started fearing leadership. I didn't like it because I always felt like there was loss with it. You know, that when you become a leader, other people, the way they see you, deem you and treat you, wasn't something I liked. Um, and so um, when I would get chosen for stuff, I would just say, mm, I don't want to be the child. You know, I don't want to be the captain. I don't want to be the leader. You know, let me just blend in. And so I did that a lot through middle school and early high school. Um, And so um, when I think about Girls Rock, that's where it started, because I wanted girls to not feel that way um, just because they were chosen, because everybody's going to be chosen for something. Um, And I didn't want girls to shy away and not 
embrace leadership as I had done. And so it wasn't until I encountered probably about high school, um, the gift and understanding my gift, that there was a gift in me of leadership that was going to be my call um, and that I had to become comfortable with being uncomfortable, not being liked all the time um, and somewhat by yourself. Um, mm. Because with leadership comes, you do stand, it's given this difference. And, um, and so I wasn't comfortable with that for a lot of years. And even now I still struggle with it. Um, and so um, that's kind of Girls Rocking the Nutshell. That's how it was birthed. Um, and we've been going strong for 11 years, quietly, um, for about five or six. And then this kind of explosion happened where um, it became very common for people to start embracing um, where we are. Um, and so then I was elected into Adams Township three years ago, first African-American and first female in that position in history. Um, and so again, embracing another leadership role. And it's funny because that was birthed from another experience. Um, I lost um, my job and um, needed to possibly go visit some spaces to get help. And um, have been helping people in my job in the role at the school system, but never had to encounter it myself. And um, through that experience, it was like, this is how they treat people. Like they're paid and designed to serve who need. And everybody who needs isn't lazy or doesn't work. Mm-hmm. But it's mentality when you go sometimes. And so I thought, wait, you making a paycheck to feed your family because of me and you're going to mishandle me. Oof. Okay. So that just stirred my spirit. And so um, I started looking at the township position in government um, and said, uh, met with Quentin, Dr. Quentin Dixie and Sharon Tucker. And they said, you will be perfect. You have the heart, blah, 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 blah. And so um, I applied um, to, to run, not knowing a thing about politics. I just knew I had passion about the position. Right. And so I figured you can learn, um, you can learn the political pieces. And that's exactly what I did. I just learned it as I went. Now, I don't advise that for everybody. <laughs> um, if I had to do it again. I would probably definitely learn the position and, and investigate it more. But um, leading while learning hasn't been bad because I've had some great people around me um, and created a great team out there. So I've been three years strong, very unliked initially. And so that old childhood feeling started birthing mm. up again um, because at this table, I was an only. Yeah. Um, board of all um, Republican white men and my incumbent um, had gotten voted on to um, my board. Um, because one of my board members had passed away. Um, and so it's been an interesting journey, um, to say the least, um, but one that I don't feel like I'm losing, that I'm winning, um, because people and lives are being changed. So that's Township. Wow. And then third role uh, is, uh, <laughs> I've been at the job probably seven weeks now, six or seven weeks, as Director of Programs of Fort Wayne Housing Authority, because Adams Township is a part-time position, I can do full-time work at the housing authority. And I waited about two or three years and um, did anything, any other work um, outside of sub-teaching because, uh, outside of township, because I really wanted to get township to a good place Mm -hmm. where it run its own wheelhouse. It does need to be probably a full, it could be a full-time position, 
but because that is what they have chosen it to be, um, then God helped me design people to work and be on my team that could help me do that. And it's been an awesome, awesome experience. We've gone from doing, they didn't do anything before I came except pay people's bills and deny or whatever. And now we have food drives. Um, we have a Zoom event that we do monthly, empowering people, um, you know, partnerships with all kinds of community outreach. And so it's been a great experience. And so now director of programs at Fort Wayne Housing Authority, I am back where I grew up. <laughs> I grew up in Housing Authority at Fort um, McCormick Apartments. And um, now they're to build programs to empower, encourage, and equip families um, for their next level of living. Um, and so that's kind of. Wow. 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 I, that is, yeah. that is all so very impressive. And it, and it all says leadership and it all says uh, responsibility. And uh, I think those are heavy, heavy callings. And I know one of the things you always say is lead with love. And -hmm. I think sometimes in the midst of leadership, it can be hard to manufacture love sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, Because when you are when you are faced with the adversity that leadership comes with, you can become very hard. And it doesn't seem like you're very hard at all, which I think is very interesting. Lots of prayer, um, lots of um, um, reminders of why you're there. Like, I think my past experience and exposure um, with the title, and I say title because I never felt poor, but I guess in legal terms, if you looked on (laughs) paper, that's what I was supposed to be. Um, so, you know, for me, I just think that people do not realize that experience exposure to greatness at any level or difference or, you know, positivity, how it can transition and change. And so I think for me, God knew every experience was going to formulate for the journey. It was going to form something for the next level of my journey. Um, and that's what people are witnessing. I tell them they look at the success, but it's wrapped up in stress and um, sacrifice a lot of times. Yes. But the stress and the sacrifice to get there is what they've missed on the journey. And so um, when you say I don't appear hard, um, good, because that's really his plan um, that um, he kind of moves and operates within me. So that's what you're witnessing when you don't see the brokenness, um, the batter, you know, the, the struggle, the sacrifice. It's him. He's covered it well. That's amazing. Well. That is amazing. Ugh. I have definitely, am definitely learning that whole process of, of, of standing out more and of, of walking in what you believe you're designed to do more and the, the immense sacrifice it comes with. You know, you would think people would love you for your gifts. <laughs> And some people do, <laughs> but it's they never do. the ones that you think. And, and it, sometimes it's never the ones that we desire it to be. Yeah. Which is hard. Which is because hard. we want to place and put people in spaces. And sometimes it's just not our design. Yeah. And he said, not that one. Nope. Um, and so I think for me, that's what I've had to learn that, um, you know, sometimes 
what I want and how I want to put it together has not been what he wanted. Yeah. You have to respect his plan. I definitely am feeling that here lately. One of the other things that I've been thinking about, you know, uh, is that in, 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 in right in line with our conversation, um, it costs something to break cycles. It really, really does. Somebody has to go first. And it really, really is. It's something else. You know, I'm, I'm learning, right? Like I have not been, uh, I don't feel like I have been, I mean, I definitely have not been in leadership as long as you have. Um, and so I learn and I watch the resilience of other people. You know, when I created the podcast, you, you were you were on my list of people I wanted to be in the first uh, season. And, you know, it didn't work out for that season. But even still, like there were certain people I was like, I need your perspective. I need, you know, the the wisdom and the leadership that you had, the the knowledge that you've uh, um experience that you have gathered, you know, throughout what you're doing, because, you know, when I think of people who are who are breaking cycles, who are moving the needle, who are, you know, the forces of change um, in the environment that I'm in, you know, Fort Wayne, Indiana, I think of, of you. I think of a select others who I feel like are truly just a force to be reckoned with. But I also know that that takes so much strength. And, you know, the, the topic that we're we're discussing today of breaking cycles is not something you do or is not something that is is easily done, you know. And so um, I think that's why I'm just excited to to have you here and to talk about it a little bit. So um, what what do you what is the first thing that you think of, you know, when you when it comes to breaking cycles? Probably the reason why most can't, you know, is, comes to mind is that, you know, I have this quote that says the reason why a lot of people won't become who God wants them to be is because they're too attached to who they always have been. Mm. You know, too many of us, um, complacency, comfort, um, the unknown of when you break the cycle, then what, you know, yeah. because when you're so used to the common, that is, you know, that's easy to navigate. Even, you know, the most dysfunctional spaces, you know, I've seen kids in relationships, the most dysfunctional. But if you know dysfunction, you know how to navigate that. To go to something new and different, sometimes is more fearful, it's more scared, you know, yeah. it's scary. Um, and so for me, I think of that when I encounter people who um, have that, generational curse that they just can't see you know you say a certain family name and you know you're like oh that's the so-and-sos oh wow because they got this and that like that's just a part of them girl that's how they are you know they drinkers or you know they sleep with a lot of women or Oof. whatever it is you know what <laughs> I mean? their family will be noted for that yeah and so part of what i told my sons you know young is your name means something that's right Washington. And your name means something. And I didn't care at that time. It didn't matter that I wasn't Girls Rock CEO and I wasn't, you know, director of pro. The title doesn't mean anything. Meaning something's meant I have put something in you. Yeah. 
and you bear my name. And so how you behave, how you carry yourself, you can't act like everybody else. You're different. And because I think I, you know, parents don't always speak that kind of energy because they only base it off of when they arrive that they're something, you know. And so then their kids end up taking on hashtags of Beyonce and, you know, LeBron James, which is all well. You know, that's, I'm not um, hating on them, but the Washington hashtag is who they will permanently be. That's right. You know, and so um, how I've walked through life then prepares and propels them. And so it was important for me uh, with my sons that they knew that. And so they started understanding when they would get off, veer off a little bit, that would be my conversation. What does your name mean? Who are you? Mm-hmm. We have a hashtag triangle offense, you know, and I meant that because this offense can't be beat. Remember when the Bulls triangle offense? It couldn't be beat. <laughs> Oh, and it had some dysfunction. It had a Dennis Rodman, you know, it had where they didn't always get along, had some egos, Michael Jordan initially. But when it came down to the championship game and winning in life, they all pulled it together. That's right. For one kind of call. And that's why that we were, we are the triangle offense, the Washington family, because I wanted them to understand we cannot be beat when we we build and, and stay together as a unit like that. Um, and so I think families and people need to do that. They have to um, be aware and open up to their issues as well. You know, we weren't perfect. Like I said, um, we've had the Dennis Rodman moments in our family. Right. Um, we've had a Michael Jordan moment of ego and not understanding that even though you might be the best at this moment, I guarantee you, you can't win by yourself, you know, mm. um, that Scotty Pittman relationship that everybody neglected and didn't really see um, and didn't want to pay him what he was worth, he stuck it out, though, for the greater good, you know. And so somebody a lot of times in family is sacrificing, you know. Are you the sacrifice one in the family? You know, so all of those things, I think, for me, uh, when I look at the generational curses, why are you laughing? (laughs) Because that hit different. You said, are you the sacrifice in the family? Oh, yeah. That really, that touched me because sometimes. Sometimes there's family members that, you know, I have a friend and she literally, she she is a caretaker for an adult family member. She does the financials for another part of her family. Um, One is homebound. She got the good do. But that's her sacrifice. And she doesn't even deem it as work. She understands that in order for her legacy to carry and greatness to happen and for everybody to still feel valued, love, that's a part of her and her husband's role. And they do it with such grace and such, you know, peace that even when people try to speak against it, they understand for their last name and how they carry their their family through, it is her role. And a lot of us don't understand that. Mm. Yeah. Man, that 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 is a that is a haunting word for me. <laughs> uh, just because I feel like, you know, that's that is always the path is sacrifice. That is always the path. And it's interesting that you say that, you know, because you know, you said it doesn't feel like work and that, you know, you do it with grace. And I think that that is that is what I endeavor to do is is to just stay on my path and um 
and and walk it with grace and with dignity and to break the cycles that I've seen in my family or in my community um, and do so in such a way that doesn't involve being egotistical or toxic because there's, you know, my, my next question was going to be about, you know, whether we think it's gra- you can break cycles gradually or do you need to be really intentionally to intentional. But, you know, I think you answered that, you know, it's 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 awareness. It is absolutely intentionality that breaks cycles. You don't just happen to do it. And that's why people don't do it. <laughs> and it's a journey. I think that, you know, sometimes some cycles um, of addiction and things like that, you got to be aggressive because those are things that can take you out. You know, mm. so sometimes when you see certain things, I think you have to. You know, like you said, be intentional, laser, laser in on it. Um, but I think sometimes the the ones are sometimes that are less, that are maybe more silent. Um, you know, it takes time. Um, it takes time to overcome violation, you know, especially from when it was a childhood violation, because those are things sometimes that, you know, are embarrassing. You don't always want to uncover it. Then you got to involve engaged parents. You got to make people aware who who maybe maybe sat by the wayside and mm-hmm. didn't know knew. Um, you know, there's all kinds of levels to to the generational curse. I tell people all the time. For me, um, if I had to be authentically honest, obesity is one for me. You know, and a lot of people um, just usually because if if I always tell a family member who was addicted to drugs. You know, she's very apologetic. And, you know, I'll say to her, hey, we all got something. I said, we don't say nothing. We all sit around the table and sometimes overeat, you know, and nobody gets offended by the overeater. Mm. <laughs> but that's a slow killing. Mm-hmm. That's a slow death. You know, and I said, but if you showed up with a crack pipe, we'd have a heart attack. Exactly. You know, everybody bald and mortified and want to put you out. Um, and I said, so... You know, for me, I'm learning to see that we are all battling something. And if we could meet each other where we are, I think that people who had such addictions and such issues um, would be able to defeat them, you know, better and with love and with embracing. Um, But because we shun certain um, generational curses and um, issues, we can't beat them. Because the, the reality is we need others. We need people. Yes, we need God. You know, people like to say, just go to the Lord. He does say, come to him, pray. And he does help with those things. But I think, like you said, we're all here in purpose for reasons. We're interconnected. And so we have the power um, to help influence others as well. And we just don't always do it and use it in the manner that we should. So um, for me, with generational curses, I've learned to really... Um, be open and meeting people where they are. Um, because so many times we don't know other story. Mm. We when we only can see success and you know, maybe money and glam. And I've seen some people on Facebook, Kibway, that I'm like, <laughs> they broken. Like they husbands making good money, they able to move the shift and pivot. But I can I can discern it when it is not an authentic happiness um, or joy, because that's really what, it, what it's not. Happiness is usually what it is, because that's contingent on circumstance. Mm. Joy is something that even with loss, you still have a sense of 
who you are, what God is to you, and those kind of things. And so, um, and because I think I had a mother who shows joy, then I can tell the difference from a young age. Yeah. And I think that, you know, a lot of times for us, that experience um, and exposure to healthy, healthy parents, I tell people the greatest gift you can give your kids is a holistic, healthy you. Yeah. Greatest gift that you can bless your children with is that they, and holistic and healthy you is mind, body, and spirit. Um, it is your truth. You know, you don't have to tell them your whole ugly, but they need to know who you are and who you were. Right. Because a lot of times they're encountering that person in your behavior patterns, in your interactions. And sometimes it's a loss. You're like, wait a minute, what is wrong with mama? Why is she a cusser? Why is she a yeller? Why does she have a combative spirit at, in moments? But if they don't know that there was some trauma as a child, yeah. if they don't know as a, you know, before daddy got off alcohol, he was abusive or whatever mm. the issue, you know, then they don't know the total you. And so they encounter these spirits and they don't understand why, because they want to go to a party and that it might appear dangerous to you, you cussing and going crazy is because that's where you got off track one night uh-huh. in high school. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, got went on a path that they don't know about. Uh-huh. Um, but you know, you look polished and perfect. Per- perfect now, there were some things that happened that broke you, and so that that rage that's coming up is not an anger really at them. It's a fear of what that arena might do to them. Today is the day, and now is the time. If you have a good idea, good intentions, and are looking for a way to get audience and to get your great message out to the world, I encourage you to start your very own podcast. You would be surprised the amount of folks who are waiting to hear your content. My name is Kidboy Cooper, and I have been an audio engineer for the past seven years, and I am offering one-on-one coaching to help you get through the beginning stages of creating your very own podcast. Please reach out to me and let me know how I can help you. My email address is empoweryoupodcast at gmail.com. We offer one-on-one coaching, a live masterclass, and even a 10-module course that will take you through the entire process of creating, producing, and distributing your podcast to your very own listeners. This is a great avenue to connect with your audience and to connect with people who are in need of your voice. Again, reach out to me at empoweryoupodcast at gmail.com and let's get your podcast started today. Yeah, you haven't you haven't established closure of that situation. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 very interesting that you're saying this because I had, you know, my mom passed away in, in 2016 and, uh, yeah, it was, it was ever since then, you know, obviously my life has changed, but then also my relationship with my dad has changed too. Now, mind you, you know, we, I've always had a good relationship with my parents, with my family. Um, we're really tight knit. I have five sisters and another brother and, um, in the past year or so, I have really developed a different kind of relationship with my dad because some of the things we talk about, we just never talked about when when I was coming up. When I don't understand, I mean, I guess 
you know, I guess it's hard to talk about. I mean, I don't have any children, so um, I could only assume there are layers to why certain conversations weren't had. And I respect that. As an adult, it adds a lot of context that I wish I did have when I was younger, though, (laughs) because there were questions that I didn't even know to ask. There were perspectives and there was insight in the things that he and my mom were going through um, in terms of, you know, either finances or just life situations or, you know, that really impacted the way that we grew up. And we didn't, I, I'll just speak for myself, I didn't have any context for that. So I was processing things a certain way. And now in retrospect, I'm like, well, that actually makes a lot of sense why you would do that. You know, I actually, you know, completely misunderstood the situation because, you know, nobody was transparent about what's happening. I don't know how you do that. Right. You know, I think children, you have to be very careful with the way that you deliver information to them based off of the kind of child that they are and their maturity and things like that. But, um, you know, again, as an adult, I'm just like, that makes so much sense. It makes so much sense. And it makes me prouder of my father it makes me prouder of myself of my siblings because now with that proper context i'm like oh so we did that i didn't even know that's what we were doing <laughs> you know what i mean and he was just you know and he and that was that's that's kind of his testimony just like because there's different things that you know i'll go through and we'll talk about it and he'll just start sharing more and more of his story and it is completely changes the the perspective that I see uh, on myself and on, on just situations in general, which gives me momentum to continue to break cycles, which gives me wow. momentum to continue to push forward. Because now with the proper context, I'm like, OK, so this is doable there. You know, there's levels to breaking cycles, sometimes just surviving a situation is more than anyone else has done. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Just just getting mm-hmm. your whole family out whole is 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 a feat in of itself, depending on, you know, where you came up. And, you know, in Gary, Indiana, that was a feat, you know, because a lot of families in Gary, Indiana are not whole. A lot of families in Fort Wayne, I'm sure you see, are not whole. Are not whole. <laughs> they may all live in the same house, but they are not whole. And we have a tendency to equate generational curse with poverty. Generational curse hits the rich, the poor, and the middle class. But we equate it a lot of times to a poverty perspective. Um, And so that's a very misconception, you know? Um, And so it's not equated. I think a lot of times we equate it to money and, you know what I mean? Royalty. Yeah. But it is beyond that. You know, there is some, some mental pieces and just, they have hand, you know, almost just handicapped our families in a way. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to say that that a lot of times we have a tendency to think, "Ooh, that's they curse," you know. And poor, poor and poverty can be that. That's not that it can't be that, but it's not the only. Yeah. There's some other areas of life where I've seen some generational curses on families and people, um, um, and because they have uh, the means to finances, mm. it's diluted. Mm. A lot of times their kids don't even get a chance to unveil that in themselves until they're well in their adult years. Um, that, man, this was definitely an issue for my family and we didn't deal with it. 
Yeah. You know? Right. So what would you say would be the most prevalent uh, concern or, or, or that you, that you encounter in, in the roles that you play when it comes to like, because I'm sure you you try to help these young ladies break cycles, break generational curses, whether it be mentally or emotionally or, or, and, and it sounds like you, you do, you're doing that systemically in your other roles mm-hmm. that you play with township and Fort Wayne housing yeah. authority. So what would be the most prevalent thing that you are just really trying to constantly beat um, when it comes to the cycles that people are in? Fear. Fear of um, next level living. That's very common. Like people are so used to, I'll give you an example. I'll never forget the time when I was younger, um, young parent, and um, uh, I was getting food stamps. And my ex-husband at the time, just dating, never, that wasn't his life. He grew up out north, you know, he worked, their family. And so, but we had two kids and we were, we were working, but, you know, living separate. And he wanted to get married. And, you know, where I grew up in McCormick, it was very common. People got food stamps. And so to get married means you got to let go of all the systems. Mm. You can't have a Medicaid, can't have the food stamps. Like you got to let them systems go. And so he was working at, I think it was Zona or Fort Wayne Foundry. Great money, great money. Like we could easily live and go get groceries. But my mind was like, "Uh uh-uh, wait a minute. (laughs) If we get married, then I gotta, you know, he's like, yeah, you're gonna be on my insurance, great insurance. (laughs) You know, you don't have to worry. But for me, I was so used to the system that I was willing to sacrifice not being married. You see what I'm saying? Mm, that's the whole deep. relationship. But that's that poverty mindset. That's that stronghold that a lot of times keep people in systems because that's all they know. That was the common. Um, and so that was familiar for me. Um, and so I had to really not, and even my mom has said, girl, let go of the system. You know, those are systems that you use as train stops, but you don't stay on that train. But if you, again, you're around people, you start this, that becomes a mentality that you take on. And so thank God for me meeting someone who had another level of living and had a plan for his family yeah. and then had a label and title for his children. You know, now some men, they, they want that because it gives them an extra cushion. He didn't want the cushion. He said, I, I, want, I want you to go into the store and be able to write a check. And I remember if people listening, if they remember Cub Foods out north uh, years ago, um, that was the first time that I wrote a check for 200 some dollars for groceries. And I remember by, like almost having a heart attack, like, oh God, I'm about to spend $200 on groceries, you know? And so for me, you know, that was a, a, a generational thing that I want a curse that I wanted to break. It was like, no, I want to be able to go in the store and not even be looked at or shamed. Or, you know, if I choose to buy a birthday cake for $50, you know, that, you know, I'm okay. Like this yeah. is what I can do. So I say all of that to say, you know, those are the kind of things that are kind of silent that people endure that transition and change, even though it was for a greater living for me, 
and my children, I initially couldn't see that because I was comfortable with the systems. And that's why we have to be careful of these systems because some of them are designed. They've been designed to break the family down. Absolutely. Keep us in spaces and parts. But see, if you're not conscious, then you don't understand that. You know, and my ex-husband, you know, now at the time, though, he understood it. And he was like, ain't nobody going to tell me how I can live and, you know, how we got to live. No, 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 no. I'm done with this. You know, it was cool. We was young, but we're moving on and and greatness is up on us. And so I want us to live uh, according. I want my sons to go in the store and when they pick up something and they want it, they can get it. And people not looking like, why are you buying him that with a food stamp card? You know, so Mm. that's what I mean with that, you know, that it changed. My mom, even when we were younger, um, a lot of parents, they used to have food stamp books, if you remember. I don't know if you're coming with that. But um, she would never give us food stamps. So when I was young, I, initially I never knew I was on them because we were never handed those. She went to the store, she shopped and all of that. So the popsicle truck came, we have popsicles just like on off the truck in the freezer. Whereas my friends, they all would run to the store with that kind of stuff. And I think handing handing kids that creates a mindset of comfortability and mm-hmm. all of that. No judgment. When you have to have a season of that, that's fine. But what you don't want is that it becomes a generational cycle. And it did for a lot of families when I remember back. Um, and even now going back to spaces and um, being as the township, you start seeing names that come across the thread. Oh, wow. Think, them from childhood and their mother, 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 mother. See what I'm saying? Yeah. Of of people. Um, and so you want to change that. That was something that I really um, wanted to stop with me. Um, and so that's kind of how I see it. Wow. You see the same thing in, in the young ladies that you work with? Just fear? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Fighters uh, don't know how to sit and have common conversation. They only know when they disagree to do this. Um, mm. And a lot of times they'll say, oh, their mama was a fighter. Her last name. So, oh, yeah, she was a fighter in school. You know, and so, um, but fear of being able to sit down and disagree um, and work it out because that you only have been, you only knew what you, you only know what you knew to do. Um, and so fear for me is one that I think when people understand how to wrestle with their fear factors, greatness can be birthed. Ooh. You know, greatness can, it can, you know, um, it can come alive in young people when um, fear can be suppressed and pressed down um, because usually fear is what stops us from doing most things. Yeah. I mean, think about it. Yeah. It's podcast. What was it? Before that, you could have probably been and started this two, three, five years ago. Yeah. But too worried about the naysayers, you fearful of finances. Oh, how am I buying a microphone that costs 250 Well, I spend that on shoes. What's my importance? You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. all things is what we will set in the way of us transitioning and moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. You said when people learn to wrestle with their fear factors, greatness can be born. That is a quote right there. I'm, 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 I'm write it down because I swear I won't remember it. Yes. (laughs) When people learn to wrestle with their fear factors, wrestle. Yeah. That is such a, that, that imagery there. Because we talk about faith, you know, we, we teach our kids about faith. We talk about it, but do we walk it? See, faith is action to me. And a lot of times fear is, um, you know, it is, uh, 
it wins a lot of times because again, we're not walking faith. We go to church, we play all the roles of faith. But when it comes to putting it to action, fear a lot of times wins with us. That's the action that our kids end up seeing. Yeah. You know, saying the woe is me, the continual talks mm. about change that we want. Um, and then they end up taking on those same behavior patterns in their own life. And so I remember one time Dr. Sharon Banks told me, don't ever tell your kids you can't do math. Quit telling them that. Because they used to say, I'm horrible at math. I can't do it. She said, don't speak that into your sons because then they will take on that same behavior. And I did change that. I started shifting that. You know, um, you know, I told somebody my one generational curse that I, you know, I struggled with was obesity. You know, a lot of my family were overweight. We eat, we, we fellowship with food, yeah. we food, everything. Yes. That's, that's what we do. Yeah. Um, that's a, so, that's a, that's a community thing. Like that is a, it is that because it that is. if you even think back farther, you know, that's, that was how we took care of each other. People didn't have resources to do things, but I could cook you a meal. I could cook you and your family something. I could bring something nice mm-hmm. over that makes everybody feel good, you know, with the resources that you have, you know, so I completely relate to that. That's just another, that's something that, you know, my family struggles with too. And so for me though, the one thing that I wanted to offer my sons, even though I still even today struggle with it, um, is a fit and more healthy lifestyle. And so I never forget, I never saw my mom go to the gym. Or my dad, you know, nobody in my family. That wasn't something that I got to witness. And so I got my kids Y memberships young. And I went, I, you know, I go to the gym, they went. And is it still a battle for me? Absolutely. But for them, I love the fact that I can see where the generational is changing. They work out, they go to the gym, you know, yeah. they're mindful. A lot of times if I cook, they're like, Mom, well, this time we only want this. You know, we don't need all of that, you know. And so we're having conversations. Unlike when I was younger, it was nothing for Christmas to have six or seven different meats, you know, (laughs) 10 or 15 different sides. And so, you know, now we're having dialogue about how, mom, you ain't got to even do all that. You know, we know you tired. We ain't never said that to our mama. We like, mama, are you making dressing? (laughs) We want to make sure every dish is on the table. Um, And so know that. And you know, that's there too. patient with changing generational cycles. We think it's got to be instant, yeah. whereas you want to see a change over the generations. Yeah. And I can say that in my family, that um, even with finances and things like that, um, I can see it changing over the generations. Yeah. Wow. That is so, I think um, I still completely resonate with that fear fear of upgrading your your standard of living fear that you know if what i'm doing makes the money i want will i have any friends maybe i shouldn't work this hard maybe i shouldn't you know if 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 i really turn up the way i feel like you know i feel led to if i get as big as i want to be you know, will anybody love me? Will I be lovable? You know, because that there's there's all these fears uh, of not, that aren't necessarily associated with the thing, but you worry if you're not going to be accepted anymore, if you're not going to have uh, communion with other people who you care about, if if the relationships you build are going to have to crumble in order to to be better, because we have all these ideas about what breaking cycles means, right? You like, oh well, anybody who's rich is you know uh, it's a swindler or they take advantage of people. That's not true. 
well, all millionaires, mm-hmm. you know, you, you know, they, they were born into wealth. That's also not true. not true. You know, like there's so many things that we, we tell ourselves to combat that fear. So when you say fear is the biggest cycle you need to break, that is, that is so real. That is. Uh, yeah. And it's across all cultures, all generations, all social economics. Um, but we dismiss fear. You know, I always tell somebody, I think it was Andre Patterson. I don't know if you know him, director over at McMillan Park. But one time he came and spoke to a group of kids after the Trayvon Martin situation. And he said to the kids, he said, um, what do you think was the issue? Why did uh, Trayvon Martin, why did it happen? And, you know, that racism, they were naming all this stuff. And, you know, da 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 He said, no, fear. He said, the man who saw Trayvon Martin with the hoodie, fear. That's what initiated the fear of what the hoodie spoke to him. Mm-hmm. When Trayvon Martin saw him and, you know, it was fear for him. Yep. You know, when you think about these scenarios, it's usually, you know, embraced by fear of the unknown. If you're not common with a certain group of people, based on their race, only what you witnessed on TV, then you see them and clutch your purse. You see them, you know, there's, you know, I have to admit, there's sometimes there could be a white person that a person could see and say, you know what, oh, wait a minute, he looked like a Jeffrey Dahmer. Like we have all of these things that places fear. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, our space and how we interact, how we move um, and those kind of things. And so I always tell people, I fight fear. I fight it, you know, because... I want to have an authentic encounter with people and I want them to have that same experience with me. Um, and so in fighting that generational curse, even when I went to New Haven as a township trustee, you know what I mean? People call me fearful of me being out in New Haven, literally. Mm. Now, baby, you be careful. Don't you be working late, you know, cause them folks out there, you know, you gotta be careful out there. I'm like, I worked out there at the high school and nobody said this to me, but now that I'm at the trustee office, in a leadership role where I can be seen mm-hmm. um, and governmental. Mm-hmm. Now I need to be fearful. You know, I just think sometimes, like you said, these myths will stop us from doing the work. Yeah. We're stopping breaking the chain. And I thought, no, nah, I'm going to walk bold in this role. You know, I'm, I'm going to walk bold in this. No, we, I need to be at that table. That is my assignment right now. Oh yeah. Um, and I, sometimes if we take on a different perspective um, with breaking generational curses and cycles, um, uh, then fear will go sit down somewhere. Mm. You know, yeah. And change that. Yeah. You know, and that's what we got to teach our kids. They need to witness it, not just hear us speak it. Yeah, and, and it's that wrestling factor. It's the active, the active activity of constantly being engaged in in overcoming your fear, overcoming that obstacle. You know, and that looks at some days, you know, I know for myself, some days I feel like I'm doing amazing, <laughs> you know, yeah. and then other days you feel like, man, I don't feel like I can catch up, you know, and you got to, you got to just take the good with the bad, you know, the crookeds with the straights, so to speak. Well, and I think you have to have people around you so that when those challenging days come, you know, I need a Albert Brownlee, you know, yeah. I need a Carolyn Bell, my mom, you know, I need a Yolanda Walker and, and everybody plays a different role. So for me, you know, Yolanda is probably going to always play behind the scenes. She has no interest in people knowing <laughs> after things 
that she does for me in order for me to shine. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and part of that is because she's family and she knows the generational curses of us. Um, yeah. Then we both silently suffering in some areas that we wrestle and try to push and propel. But it's a different arena when you have people that you can interlock your arms with yeah. and say, listen, we may not have come from the same family and the, but we have some struggles and we're willing to pray, fight, press and pull for you to reach your greatness. You know, this, what people are witnessing now is a few people that have been behind me, not a few, a lot. I have to be honest. A lot of people who have stood behind me in the trenches and wanting my success. You know, I have a young lady, um, a lady named Pacola, who's one of my mentors and Elaine Pressy, Pastor Peyton, who saw where Man. I am right now before I did, you know, I didn't see my gift. And they were people who were like, listen, listen. When my pastor say, daughter, doc, he called me doc, daughter. <laughs> Is that Pastor Payton? You got to do this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, you know? he's the and man. So when he says that, there's something that rises in me. Like, okay, if he believes, you know what I mean? Um, and so, and it's the yes. same way with Cola. She bought me a, I wish I could show you, a dream box. Um, when I got the job for um, uh, uh, director of programs at Fort Wayne Housing Authority. And she had a candle in there. She has a journal. And she had a, some nutritional snacks. And let me tell you something. One of the most powerful gifts, probably didn't cost her 10 bucks. But listen, that thing spoke to me. Because she said, for me to write down... Um, you know, how I got here, how I'm going to move, what God has blessed me forward. Like the candle to give you light and vision, blah, 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 blah. See, sometimes people give you gifts of purpose and it ain't cost them nothing. Somebody else can come in with a $300 gift, but that gift was purposed. Yep. She said, and, and eat healthy because for you to move the needle forward, you're going to have to do self-care. Yes. You, you got to survive the journey. Man. You get Your vessel Man. has to carry you through this. Yeah. She says, so shame, don't, don't shame on you. Don't do all this work for the world. And you ain't even able to be well, you know? Mm. And, um, and so um, those are the kind of things that I think we have to encounter and have people around us with those spirits and who don't have the issue of your light shining bright of you obtaining more financial success than maybe they experience. Yeah. You know? Um, and I think being and doing that for others, you know, I, I tell people I pay, um, you know, there was a season in my life where my staff made triple than what I made. And people were like, what? You and huh? You know, how? But it was, it's a humbling experience um, because I still had to lead in love and do the work um, um, and create the vision um, for the space. And so that's why I always use the quote, people um, a lot of times are jealous of my success that's wrapped in struggle and sacrifice. You know, they all understand it in one year, one time in the last few years, I made 10,000 a year. I have no idea how I made it. Well, I do now. It had to be God. Right. 10,000. What? That that was the, that was the tech. Okay. Okay. God. You know, so again, if, but people only saw that I'm still on Facebook, I'm still doing the work with yeah. those rock happy, yeah. you know, still eating. I'm still they only saw that. They didn't see where you spreading bills out and saying, okay, Lord, which one I'm picking? <laughs> and praying to God saying, you know, 
okay, um, now I'm going to call this one and tell them. And it worked out. Right. Right. You know? So, yeah. Wow. That is all. (sighs) You're giving me chills. (laughs) You're giving me chills. I mean, to whom much is given, much is required. Amen. A lot of times we want the given, but we don't want to look at the requirements for the job. Mm -hmm. See, requirements for the job that sometimes if folks knew the real requirements, they wouldn't even apply. They wouldn't even be saying to us, oh, I would be her. You would not. You would not. not. You would not. (laughs) That's across the board. You know, in great marriages, one of my mentors, we we love her and her husband. She said, y'all love him now. Y'all don't know the requirements of what it, it took to get him to who he is now. You know, so women do that all the time. They'll tell another, oh, I just, your husband, so no, your husband can be too, you know, but you're going to have to endure and not endure, but love him the way that I've had to love, endure a little bit, sacrifice a little bit. Those are things that we don't understand. There's requirements to be married 50 years. Folks who make it to 50 and 30 years of marriage, they got some stories. Mm. They, they ain't told it. They it may not even be worn on their sleeve, but they got some stories to tell that made it to that place. Um, so if that's the generational curse you want to break, sit at the foot of some of them folks. Sit at the foot. Hear their truth. Hear their truth. You know, um, you know, uh, those are the things that you know you want to be able to do so that you can understand success and its sacrifice for it. Yeah. Wow. Oh man, breaking cycles. That is yeah. It's possible and it's doable. And mm-hmm. I, I'm 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 truly blessed to to have the desire. I don't even think some people yeah. see it. I don't even think some mm-hmm. people see it. And that is the biggest you know, um not frustration, but I, that that's really baffling to me sometimes. I'm like this is a, a pattern, y'all. Like, yeah. this is this is not good. And some people just don't, well, they don't see it. More than frustration, um, it's, it's fear. Because you don't want, it's like, man, I want you to experience this greatness. I tell students all the time, um, success, there's a feeling that comes. I can't explain it. I remember graduating high school with two kids. And there was something in my stomach. I didn't get to walk commencement because I had had a child that year. And so June 1st was, June 2nd, 3rd was graduation. June 1st, my child was born. So the commencement ceremony, I didn't get to do. And I remember being so sad about it, you know? But there was something about having that struggle and making it that in my stomach, I desired the next level. So then I took a few years and got an associate's degree. And that was my first graduation walk at Ivy Tech. Never mm. forget it. Um, and then, uh, you know, going to IPFW, and that was an eight-year journey for a four-year undergrad. But there was some about my stomach that I hungered because of all that six, the two successes I'd had prior to that. And um, got that master's, bachelor's degree and um, did that going through a divorce. I got peak slipped from Fort Wayne Community Schools on a Wednesday and divorce papers on a Friday in the same week. I never forget it that year. Um, and but again, there was something about success that then I said, I got the audacity to do a master's degree. And listen, I tell people I ain't the smartest. I work hard for a B. 
And an A, I done done it. Like, you know, yeah. I, done, I done had a tutor. I done had, you know? Yeah. Something about the feeling of success that kept propelling me and pushing me that I could do it. And so I obtained a master's degree after my whole house burned down and a job loss, you know? And so, but there was something that kept pushing me, you know? Uh, and so I tell students and people all the time, to experience success is one of the greatest things, especially when you put in the work yeah. given to you. You've had to endure. You got a story behind it. And that's what will lead you to understand that it's not about you. See, all of those pieces and journeys, it wasn't about me. It was about all the onlookers, everybody who was on the side, and they will may never say anything to you. They may never tell you how you've enlightened and inspired them, but it helps their generational curses um, become doable. Mm. It gives them understanding like, man, she grew up where I grew up. Oh my God. I remember her when she went through the divorce and we worked together and she was crying. I remember when she lost everything, all her clothes, everything in her house. And she still was going to school, doing her work on the computer at work at Indiana Tech till two or three in the morning, you know, on Saturdays. Mm. What? I remember her. And so we have to learn that a lot of times, um, again, it's generational. Break down the word. You are showing the next generation how they can break down their curse. Oh, man. Your, how you do it. How you daily move um, and push and propel things out the way. Uh, and if you do it in love, you know it's God. When you can go through some of the things that you can name off with yourself and you like, I mean, literally, when I lost my house in 2015, I said, okay, God, God, you literally, you really playing. Like, I don't have nothing. I don't even have a pair of underclothes to put on tomorrow. I, I don't have, I don't have anything. You know, my glasses. I mean, just basic common stuff. I don't got nothing. And a friend who I had been really mentoring her daughter came to my aid and brought me a Walmart bag on the street in front of my house. Went to Walmart, got underclothes, a long dress, um, you know, those summer dresses we wear. It was in the mm -hmm. summer. Forget it. And, and in the middle of the street, I'm just watching my whole life of 20-some years go to the ground. And I then learned it was purposed. Never thought I could build a home. Didn't think that was in my... I'm like, I don't make that kind of money. God said, you're going to be able to choose the, the, the layout of your home. What, 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 what somebody thought was left for broken, going to be built up. You're going to show on southeast side of Fort Wayne what can be, the beauty of it. When you, when you do things the way I design you to do, when you endure for the people, when you still serve girls and you yourself struggling. Mm. When you know standing when they don't in the gap that that you saving some people's daughters to go to college and your own nieces and your own family won't take the advice that you're giving and move and prepare forward. See, he and that's a struggle for me because my generation, I wanted to be within my family a lot of times. Lord, I want y'all to get it. I don't want y'all to suffer a struggle. Um, but he said, in their time, keep doing the work, keep leading in love. I said, Lord, it's unfair. Why my sons? 
They didn't go to college right away, right? I didn't see other boys and help them and gone to their games at Notre Dame and other places. Why, why, why my sons? He said, that's not their call. They're good young men. They work, they love their wives, they good to their family, and they raising strong daughters. Who said that they got to go to Notre Dame like somebody else? I didn't say that. That's not their assignment. See, we'll get caught up in that, you know? He said, but they fought off being teen parents. They fought off being addicted. That's in your bloodline. They fought off some of the things they done fought off. They winning, and you don't even see it, you know? And so sometimes, you know, we got to understand when our lane is different and the generational curse that they breaking is understanding their finances better. Mm. You know, my sons get it, mm. you know? Um, Gonna set their kids up too. Yeah, you know, understanding that um, that they need to love the 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 woman that God has given them, to not be a cheater, to not to not um, you know uh, do some of the things that they have seen before them. Don't do that. Be be a man of value and of love and of purpose. They breaking the curse right there. You know, so sometimes we got to understand. Um, you know what has already been a blessing, what they've already fought off. Um, and those kind of things. Wow. Yeah. Ooh, you giving a whole sermon on here. Oh, you got me thinking all kinds of stuff. Just, yeah, there are so many synchronicities in what you're saying and, and what I myself have experienced and am experiencing. Mm-hmm. And so it is, it is, it is so refreshing to hear you say some of this because I, I experience being pushed off of ledges sometimes. Mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, uh, God will will push you off of a ledge um, because there's nowhere left for you to stand over here. I, there's just nowhere left. So you're not going to take the steps. I'm going to push you. Like, you never would have built yeah. that house if your house didn't burn down. So no. he pushed you right up That's out of so your much. comfort zone. And it was you know. so weird because I had so many memories still of my past relationship. Mm. You know, I was hanging on to all these visuals. So how are you going to be open to a new marriage? How are you going to be open to mm. um, a new relationship, new friendship? You still got all this stuff on your walls of the past. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, you know, I think about sometimes him saying, like, I had to burn it. I had to take it all. I you had wouldn't to have let it go if, you, if I didn't. I had this... I needed you to see yourself, you know, and part of what I learned is that great, um, great, my sons are my greatest gifts um, that came from the relationship, but I never would have been able to create Girls Rock staying married. Never. Never would that have burnt. Never. Not because he was a bad person. Me, I wouldn't have seen myself. Right. And so sometimes God removes because he needs you to see who he designed you to be. You don't have to stay stuck in the, what you deemed as your mistake. Because I remember I, my, my oldest son, I apologized to him at one point because I remember when people would ask me things, you know, oh, well, my, you know, my first pregnant, it was a mistake, my greatest mistake of, and I said, Lord, I'm speaking that about my child. Mm. And so um, I apologize and I changed my language about that because even though he was young, that registers with a kid. Yes. You know, I was mommy's mistake. I ruined her future and blah, blah, blah. No, you were my greatest gift. And that is why I know I teach young girls how to lead with love. Because when you have a child young, that's what you got to do. 
have to let go of all of what sometimes of what you had designed and you have to give the gift of love to a child and you still a child yourself, you know, so there's a shift that has to happen. And so, you know, that was my greatest gift, you know, that um, taught me how to love beyond myself. Wow. Learn sacrifice, you know, and learn to embrace that even though the world may deem it as your greatest mistake is going to be your mission. It's going to be your mission work and loving kids became my mission work, you know, and I'm grateful for it. Wow. That is so inspiring. You are the, the, all of the the stuff. Like I just didn't even, wow. Thank you so much for, for sharing so many things. Um, You know, my mind is racing, you know, thinking about just experiences I've had just in the last year of, of feeling you know, of of having moments where I'm just like, listen, God, I don't have anything left. So if you want this to happen, you're going to have to figure it out because I've walked as far as I can see. <laughs> and if I'm supposed to go farther, I need you to figure this out because I don't know. I don't have no more chips. I don't know what else to do. I don't I don't I don't know. And sure enough, something always saying- opened up. And, yeah, and a lot and, of times he's saying, thank God. Oh, you ready for me now? Oh, you done doing it on your own? <laughs> Go sit down somewhere. Rest while I show you what I had planned for you. But you refused to listen at that time. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just, I'm, I'm learning that, you know, even going through this journal, because I, I absolutely want to break as many cycles in my time as possible. And, you know, that's why I created this podcast. Because when I was 15, 16, 17 years old, the, this didn't exist. And I needed yeah. this when I was on and off of buses and trains and walking to and from work mm-hmm. and stuff. I needed this. I didn't really need that. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love music and stuff like that. Yeah. But if I had uh, uh, some place where I could listen to people who had gone before me talk about what they're doing and how they're getting through things, mm-hmm. how the mindsets, the the self-development that you do in order to get there, you know, it would. It, I believe it would have changed, you know, just my entire trajectory. And I'm thankful for where I'm at because now I realize that I can do that for someone else. And that's why, you know, Empower You podcast is so special to me because I truly believe that we are paving the path for the future. That's why I've created the podcast, the Empower You podcast brand. That's why I teach people how to build their platforms with podcasts because statistically they build better brands. They build more engagement. They build truer following. They build, you know, like so. So everything that I'm doing is all about combating and wrestling that fear of not having, of not being having access to the information or the people. Or like I didn't have mentors growing up, you know. And then here I am at 30 years old with almost 50 fantastic episodes with inspiring people that I get to interact with first. And create this lane for other people to go behind and listen. You don't have to do anything. This is free. I don't charge for anything. You know what I mean? So well, it's 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 just people. amazing. And and you know, stories like yours, especially, you know, are inspiring. You know, when you said you were standing there watching your house burn down, I felt that. I've I have felt like my entire life was burning down. Like your entire just, you just feel completely distraught 
and 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 are looking, you know, and, and just like you said, you know, it's just like, are are you ready for me now? Are you ready for this? Mm-hmm. You know, have you done? You've exhausted yourself. You've done everything you can do, and it's not enough. So, are you ready? You know, to really mm-hmm. lean in. You know what I'm saying? And Jada Pinkett Smith said it best. She said, "You need the adversity to come into your wisdom." Mm-hmm. It, it's all, all the adversity is what has birthed the wisdom that sits before you. You know, that moment of sitting outside of my house, that moment of sitting in divorce court, that moment of, you know, um, job loss, that moment of, you know, all of those things, the adversity. But they also created the moment of a beautiful wedding that I'll never forget that I've experienced, the moment of love that I experienced in in my marriage, the moment of the birth of my children, you know what I mean? Um, And almost dying on the table with one of my kids. You know, just all of those things that can be a thorn, but also offer beauty, the end results, the, the, the divorce that then created a best friend friendship that I know I'll have for a lifetime with my ex-husband. You know, most people can't be in parties or, or, or do and plan things for their grandkids and kids together. But we now have that. And so I think that, you know, we make things that are abnormal, normal. Yeah. When you let go of fear, when you can break generational cur- curses of marriages failing and everybody mad at each other every time they encounter each other, the lies you tell, we're not going to have that. We're going to have where our granddaughter um, is sometimes confused. Like, y'all, y'all friends. Absolutely. Your papa is awesome, you know? And so we have to normalize, even when we've had some brokenness, that we can still build together for the greater good of our legacy. Yeah. That's what it's about. You know, that our younger um, family members and people behind us can witness healthy relationships. And if it has to change, healthy friendship. Yeah. Um, And so um, those are the things that will then be your trunk, you know, and your root of generations to come, you know, um, and making it common that we talk about finances and investing in money um, beyond our right now. So don't take your stimulus check in and go buy clothes. No, put some money up, invest some of that money, put some money up for your kids and their children's children. Um, And so that's why it's imperative that, you know, you are around people who understand how to, you know, um, to build generational wealth you know, so that generational um, uh, issues can change and transition. Because sometimes it's finances. Yeah. Um, but we only know generational poverty. We don't know how to have access at tables that create generational wealth. Wow. That is, ooh, that's deep. Really life changing. Mm-hmm. That's what life can change, you know. When your kids can experience taking a vacation outside of Indiana. You know, when your kids can experience um, not just going through a McDonald's line, but going to sit down at Baker Street and have dinner. Yeah. You know what I mean? And have a different experience. You know, for some, that's not a lot, but for some, that's major. And so those are things that in Girls Rock we do. We give them experiences of life beyond the Ronald McDonald line, you know, and defining healthy eating and food behind all of that. You know, what does it mean? You know, we just did a, they do these busted challenges. I told them, we ain't gonna do no busted challenge. We doing a water challenge. And so I said, our water challenges, um, we uh, looking at our body weight, 
and figuring out how much water we need to be drinking so that we can be healthier. So that's something we started over 30 or 60 days ago and our girls are are, um, learning those things and seeing their skin is changing and um, that their bodies can change. And so, um, you know, sometimes your own individual battle can birth your platform for which you should be speaking and doing with girls. And so it helps keep me accountable as well. You know, I'm sipping water, you know? Yeah, yeah, I got mine. I used to get up. I didn't used to get up in the morning. I went for I the ginger. I said, I need to get some water this morning. I know um, you've not been feeling well, and I like ginger ale when I don't feel well, but I said, get some water this morning, you know, because a lot of times um, what we're struggling with physically is because we lacking that water. So just teaching those kind of things to break that generational stuff down is um, what, what our kids need to witness um, and not just hear it talked about, but be able to make it tangible for them. Yeah. Mm. Well, listen, um, I should let you go because I have got you over time. And I always tell people okay. you, you need to make sure you're honest about your time with your guests, because if yeah. you keep them too long, they will never come back. <laughs> but uh, I do want to ask you for one thing. I'm, I'm going to do a, a quick uh, ad read for for the podcast and for my content creation course, my podcast course. And when I come back, I would love to just get a, a, a thought exercise, something we can all work on from this moment forward. Uh, and that will help us stay in the mindset of breaking those cycles, those generational curses yeah. um, and overcoming those things. OK, so I'm going to do this and I'll come right back to you. OK. All right. All right. So um, for any of those listening, again, my name is Kidboy Cooper, and this is Empower You Podcast. I am so glad and happy that you have made it to this point in the episode. This is a truly special podcast where we endeavor to pave the path and leave a ladder for the future. And I want you to join us. So do me a favor, uh, click like, click share, um, subscribe, leave a comment and show us, tell me that you're enjoying this content and we will have so, so much more for you. And if you are out there and you're thinking about starting a podcast and you may be unsure, you got some doubts, there's some foggy areas, let me know. I have an entire suite of products um, that will help you uh, get really clear about your messaging and save time creating a podcast that truly impacts your perfect listener. Again, that is the guru guide to podcasting. And I am Kibway Cooper. This is Empower You Podcast. And I am just so thankful for you. And I hope to hear from you really, really soon. Okay. All right. So Danita. Yes. Are you ready for that thought exercise? What's it called again? The thought exercise. The thought exercise. Yes, ma'am. So one of the things that I um, have created in Girls Rock is a girls pledge. And I didn't create it. Um, I had a couple of young ladies who um, created this pledge for me. But I say this to say that, like, for you, for your family, um, for yourself, for generations that you are trying to empower, encourage, and equip, create a slogan, a mantra um, that you can speak to yourself daily. Um, And so... Um, When I wake up now, um, this is something that I say to myself. And where I say, girl, you can say man. Where I say, you know, whatever your gender is, you put it in your own gender. And so this is titled, A Girl's Pledge. I am a girl of power, poise, and potential. I am greater than my reflection in the mirror. 
I shall pursue my dreams and develop my ambitions. I shall speak with authority and sit at table with queens or kings. I will not compromise or compare. I will not fear nor be afraid. I shall go and do and exemplify the way for future generations. I am a girl who rocks in my mind. I'm a girl who rocks in my spirit. I am a girl who rocks. This is my daily pledge to myself. And you can be a king or a queen that rocks. So this can fit any, any gender and any age group. I just want people to understand that they are built here to be a man or a woman that rocks, rocks for the next generation, not rocks for their family. And sometimes we are the rock for our family. Um, and so come beyond being the pebble. Pebble has minimal effect, but that rock can create a powerful crack um, in the issues of life. And so create your pledge, understand it and walk in it. Wow. Ooh, a pledge. Recite that in your mirror. Yes. Yes. Wow. That's amazing. Thank you so much for being here. I really, really, really appreciate it. It has been a long time coming and I am just thrilled. I really, really am. We have moved up in the world. You hear me on Empowering well, I'm, Podcast. I'm, ex- I'm excited to have been chosen um, because I think sometimes, um, you know, we can overlook and not see people. I see you, you know, and I appreciate you silently doing the work. Um, and so don't worry about um, you're making noise that's needed, you know. And so I appreciate that. Thank you for being patient with me getting here. Oh, absolutely. Um, great, great day today. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you so, so, so much. I will talk to you really, really soon. Uh, I will have all of this stuff to you, to all of those listening. Thank you for being here and go to um, first. Wait a minute. I got to. How can people find you? Because oh. people are going to be looking for you after this interview. They're going to want to know exactly how they can interact with Fort Wayne Girls Rock. And if they don't know that you are the Adams Township trustee, they're going to want to contact you. So what is the best way to contact you and interact with you further and, and engage with you? Um, for Girls Rock, it's fwgirlsrock at gmail.com is my email. Um, and I do have a public number. 260-705-7243 is my phone number. I prefer text messages um, because a lot of times if I see a number and it's not locked in, I'm not going to answer it. So you're going to go to voicemail. Um, and so if you text me and say, hey, I heard the podcast, interested, blah, blah, blah. Um, so I do have a public number. Um, and then um, I gave the email. And Adams Township, you know, our number is 260-749-4162. Um, lots of great programming and Zoom sessions that we do on mental health and all kinds of things. Um, and I'm very pre- um, uh, alive on Facebook. Um, so uh, F- Fort Wayne Girls Rock is the Girls Rock one. Adams Township, um, um, Fort Wayne is the um, Adams Township page. So please join our pages on Facebook um, and feel free to give me a call. All right. All right. You all heard it first. Listen, thank you so, 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 so much. I cannot wait to uh, send this episode to all of the people because this was great. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. You're welcome. Have a good one. Keep going. Yes, ma'am. I absolutely will. You take care. All right. You do the same. Thank you. All right. Bye.
Bye-bye. To all of those listening, that was Danita Washington, Executive Director of Fort Wayne Girls Rock, Adams Township Trustee. We are so thankful that she was able to be with us. And for all of those listening, all of those links and her public number will be available. Go ahead and send her a text and tell her how thankful you are that she took some time to be with us on Empower You Podcast. And until I see you guys or speak to you guys again, take care and peace. Empower You Podcast is devoted to bringing real world wisdom and encouragement to our listeners. We discuss a multitude of life principles and the process from an economic, cultural, and societal perspective. We believe that through tough conversations and shared wisdom, we can pave the path and leave a ladder for the future. Subscribe to our channel and let us empower you.